Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Congrats to our host, Matt Spare. He was just named Investigator of the Year by PI Magazine for 2021. You can get a copy of this great issue at pimagazine.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstrax is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Welcome to 2022. We kick off the new year in a big way. January is Sex Traffic Awareness Month, and we're doing our part with this episode. Today we welcome Bazel Baz. Baz is a former CIA Intelligence Special Operations Group Officer, a Citadel graduate, recipient of the Intelligence Commendation Medal, and former counterterrorism officer in the U.S. Marine Corps. He created the Association for the Recovery of Children and leads the effort to recover missing and exploited children all over the world. If you're a Blacklist fan, you'll probably recognize him. This is an amazing episode. So please welcome Boz and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everybody to this episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. I want to wish everybody a happy new year. And uh, January is uh, Sex Trafficking Awareness Month. So I got a great, great guest today. I heard him on Byron Rogers' podcast uh, probably about a year and a half ago. And I said, one day I'm going to have this guy on my show. So I want to welcome uh, Bazel Baz to the show. Baz, how you doing? Good, Matthew. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. You have a super interesting background. Uh, God, we could probably do about two or three hours on on all the cool stuff that you've done. But for folks that don't know you, uh, tell me a little bit about your background and, and what you do now. Sure. I'm a graduate of the Citadel. I was a captain in the United States Marine Corps. I was the, uh, one of the Marine Corps' first counterterrorism officers. And uh, then I was recruited by the CIA as a special operations paramilitary case officer from um, 1985 to about 96. Right. And then after that, I got out and uh, now I run the Association for the Recovery of Children, mm-hmm. which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization of former intelligence, military, and law enforcement officers mm-hmm. who are dedicated to the recovery of missing, exploited, and pretty much trafficked children. We were started in 1993, so it makes us probably one of the oldest child rescue organizations in the United States. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've done some crazy work. I mean, I, I heard you on, on Byron's show talking about how you actually got into doing this, like what led to that. And it, I, I believe is out of Mogadishu, right? Um, it was. That- Most people know Mogadishu, Somalia as yeah. uh, a place that was depicted in a movie called Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was with a number of CIA teams that were in there before the military got there. Make a long story short, we rescued a couple of children there that were kind of out of place. They were more different clothes. They kind of looked like half breeds a little bit. Right. And it turned out that they were the children of a, an Italian engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought it was an American engineer. First, we came to find out it was an Italian engineer that evidently had two families, one in Italy and one there in Mogadishu. And when the Civil War began, he kind of split and he left his family there and uh, uh, we were able to rescue them and then um, 
right after that, when I got back to the United States months later, I just kind of wrestled with this idea about children. And honestly, Matthew, I had never even taken a moment to consider what happens to children in the United States. Much to my surprise, at that time, there were, um, this is 1993, there were 250,000 American children missing. And when I checked with my law enforcement partners, they said, you know, it's not really a priority. Mm-hmm. We consider most of them runaways. The word trafficking wasn't a big word then. Uh, right. It is now. Uh, I always like to let our audience know that that word has become so commonplace that people don't even blink an eye now. Right. Uh, in fact, some people think it's almost okay. But the real definition of trafficking is paid child rape. That's what it is. Someone pays you money, whether you're a predator or a pedophile or whatever you want to call yourself, you, you pay someone money to go get you a child and do whatever you want with that child. Uh, it's probably one of the most heinous crimes uh, that I've ever uh, had to uh, witness, so to speak, from a distance right. prior to risking a child. Yeah. I mean, that's just uh, every parent's nightmare, I guess, right? Well, it's it's not only every parent's nightmare, but it's even those people that are even considering being parents one day. You know, it's interesting that uh, in January, as you said, it's anti-sex trafficking month. But for us, it's every month. Right. You know, it's, it's not a one-time thing for us. In fact, it's literally every day, 24 hours a day. We uh, Our shop is open pretty much seven days a week in operations and targeting packages and relationships with DOJ and other NGOs and strategic partners uh, just doesn't stop. Mm. It never stops. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm sure. Now, I, I know you had uh, talked about one point in one of the interviews I, I heard you on. Uh, you know, you, you have some jobs that, that pay very well in, in what you do and, and, and other things like this, like you, you this pro bono, right? The guys you have working for you. Hey, you're not getting paid for this. That's okay. We're doing the right thing here. Um, (laughs) so how does that work for you guys? Well, um, it's an all volunteer service. Uh, we require everybody to do something else to pay their bills. Um, for example, uh, Thad Turner, amazing former Navy SEAL tier one operator. Who's my pretty much my right hand guy at times. He's the president of the YMCA. Uh, my director of human trafficking, Tina Paulson, um, which by the way, I just married, which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, she's an amazing woman, um, but she's also an amazing director of human trafficking. And she has her church sponsor her and, and other people that volunteer for us. Now, we hope it's not going to always be that way um, because we could certainly dedicate more time to just rescuing kids instead of paying our bills. Right. But until that time comes, in all honesty and unashamedly, this is the way God set it up for us. Yeah. There's a big difference between doing something because you think it's cool and doing something you're called to do when you're called to do it, it will always wrestle with your soul Mm -hmm. until you go out personally and do it because you know, you're the only person that can do it and do it right. And so to capitalize on what you just said, that's why we do it. Yeah. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And simply if we do not, then the question for us is who will. Yeah. So um, maybe one day, that scenario will change and we'll be able to pay salaries and we'll grow, you know, to have a 2000 person army to go do what the FBI can't do or DOJ can't do, which a lot of times we are, as you know, we get, we only get involved once all local state and federal law enforcement efforts have been exhausted. We never get involved in an ongoing operation. Um, but we have technologies that far exceed anything the federal government has now when it comes to locating children. Yeah. And people. Um, the FBI, most people don't know this. Um, there's some great people there. There's some bad people there. Just like in the CIA, there were great people and bad people. Mm-hmm. We have corruption that is runs rampant through the ranks of government and government agencies. Um, so we have to navigate those fault lines in addition to uh, picking out just who we can trust 
right. to run operations and stuff. But the FBI is struggling right now. They don't have enough people. I, I think they, I heard today with one of my board of directors who had been in a conversation with the bureau, uh, with a bureau chief, that they only have 13,000 um, agents. That's for everything in the United yeah, States. That's crazy. That's not a lot of agents. No, so, not at all. You know, so if we're, if we as an NGO are depending on the Bureau or other law enforcement agencies to come do what we do, we have to realize that it's not going to get done as fast as it needs to get done simply because they're a bit hamstringed yeah. and it might no fault of them. Um, they want to do the majority of them want to do the right thing. Um, so this is where we try to take up the slack, sure. try to put the targeting packages together, run operations. And if we can turn those over to the right authorities at times um, and not have to go rescue it ourselves and let them take credit for it, we don't care. We're fine yeah. with that. Yeah. But the problem we have in America now is they can't respond fast enough. So what do we do? We go get the kid. Yeah. No, de- definitely. I, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's like that. And the, and the numbers I'm sure of, missing children, um, it's probably substantial, right? Uh, I know back in 2019 or 2019 or 2020, when I heard the interview you did with, with Byron in the numbers were staggering, I'm sure they're even worse now. So what, what does that look like in the United States? How many, uh, missing children re- are reported out there? I, I think that the last figure I, I saw was in excess of 421,000 Wow. this year. And that's, that's just just in the United half a States. Kids. Yeah, that's crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I uh, I got a few kids of my own, and I can just imagine, you know, like parents' nightmares. You know, like you just don't ever want to think about that happening. Um, no, and, a lot and, of people, Matthew, uh, in society, in our society, for example, most people don't know this. We are the largest buyers globally of sex of sex. Here in the United States, when it comes to child trafficking and sex child trafficking, mm-hmm. we're still the largest buyer. Yeah. So the question is, how many perverted predators are living next door to us, yeah. living down the street from us, or in our schools, in our churches, in our hospitals? I mean, we see them all the time. We deal with cases where, you know, it shouldn't surprise me, but it does. Every time one comes up, we're like, you've got to be kidding me. That yeah. pastor yeah. or that doctor yeah. or that teacher or whatever it may be. So um, it's becoming um, the business model for child trafficking in America is very sophisticated, very, probably more sophisticated than gun running, to be honest with you. Really? And drugs. Yeah. Because take a look at this. If we have just common sense, if we have 421,000, let's just use that number, children missing in the United States. To date, and we don't see 421,000 of them on the streets, but we see them show up on the dark web in child pornography or whatever it may be, or whatever the FBI reviews or whatever it may be. Then the question is, how are they moving them and where are they being held so they can be filmed? Yeah. Very sophisticated because we're not seeing that many bad guys get caught, so to speak. Wow, so that is crazy, interesting, and just uh, just amazing facts here that you're uh, that you're throwing out there. Um, I mean, I, I I have worked on some cases with this. So, like, what's popular right now uh, is the um, uh, the sex uh, cases with the clergy, right? So they had changed the statute limitations over the past few years during COVID. They extended the the statutes. So we have these cases. It's it's interesting because they, you know, these are all infractions that have happened in like the seventies and eighties, and you got to go track down witnesses and take statements from people. But it's just it's mortifying. I mean, you go in and and you know, these people that have been entrusted with with children um, and just the different circumstances and situations uh, that you're exposing yourself. It's heavy work, man. It's really heavy. Yeah. I don't think there should be a statute of limitations on it, to be very honest with you. Yeah. We worked a case in California where a um, 40-some-year-old woman came to me and explained how her father had been a predator all her life Mm. and um, had possibly had her mother killed so her mother couldn't speak about his 
problems in the neighborhood. And she thought there was never going to be any recourse. Uh, fortunately, there was. We went after him. So it's something we don't normally do, but we did it to protect other children. Um, he ended up going to prison and dying in prison of cancer, right. of course. But he was in, um, I want to say he was in his 80s when we finally caught up to him. Wow. So we don't make that a, a habit to do that. But, you know, justice needed to be served. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was willing to testify. One of the problems we have across the board is uh, getting people to testify because yeah. they're so traumatized and um, and so they're, they're, they're just traumatized and scared. Yeah. They won't get up on the stand and speak against the perpetrator. That said, however, we have some really good strategic partners that we take those kids to and we have methods of releasing that trauma so we can finally get them up there right. and to testify. In addition to that, we're one of the few organizations that actually has an um, and it's sort of like an intelligence collection apparatus in the life. For those that don't know, when you say in the life, we're talking about trafficking prostitution. So we actually have resources in the life that will give us intelligence. And sometimes they will even testify for where, you know, if, uh, if they saw a 12 year old girl or boy that was being trafficked by a pimp and that kid was too scared to testify in court. Um, oftentimes we can bring someone else in who actually was still in the life and can say, yeah, that pimp, he trafficked me when I was 14. I'm still being trafficked. I'm still in the life, but I can witness to the fact that I saw that kid go into that house with him and we went into the house and he was raping that little 12 year old girl. Wow. So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a real advantage for us. Um, a lot of people uh, don't want to get out of the life. You say you're a, I don't know, you live long enough to be a 38 year old woman. Um, you think I don't have an education. Right. What do I do? You know, um, they stay in the life. Right. But the good thing is they are willing to provide information about children that are being abused because they realize those children aren't going to uh, stand a chance unless someone says something. So yeah. we're very fortunate with that, being able to have access to that. And we uh, started that program a long time ago. Instead of discarding someone who was being prostituted, you know, we uh, we struck up alliances because we knew they were never going to get out of the life. Sure. And almost, I would say, probably close to eighty percent of those alliances are very they bear really good fruit. And I don't mean low hanging fruit. I'm talking about who the pimp is, who the how they transport, you know, people, kids, whatever it may be, where they live, how much money they make. I mean, that's that's pretty good information to have. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We're going to jump out here. Uh, but when we come back, I, I definitely want to continue down this this track and just talk a little further about this. It's just such fascinating uh, and amazing uh, investigative work. And um you know, just trying to, to right the wrongs here um, is, is really, uh, really a cool thing. So everybody sit tight and we will be right back. I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com. Scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time. And I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how Scope Now can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, 
Uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Don't let asset investigations become a hassle for you. Let the professionals at J.T. Palmer & Associates, Inc. get you the information you need. We are a team of research specialists dedicated to providing you the intelligence that you're unable to locate through public databases. We have national and international resources available to provide accurate results to assist you in your asset investigations and in a timely manner. We work tirelessly to uncover exactly what collectible assets someone has. Whether you're investigating a business or an individual, our dedicated research team employs a range of techniques to bring the investigation to a conclusion. All information developed over the course of these searches is obtained in an ethical, legal, honest, professional manner. When you need asset investigations done right, turn to J.T. Palmer & Associates. You can contact our team by visiting our website at jtpalmerassociates.com or call 800-808-0078. Satellite Investigations is the premier investigation resource in New York State. Founder Matthew Spare was named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. If you need investigative assistance in New York State, visit their site at SatellitePI.com. Get results, not excuses. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Today we have a very, very special guest. Bozell Boz is here with us. Uh, Boz, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Matthew. Good to be back. Yeah. So before we uh, took a break, we were covering some real heavy, uh, heavy issues here with trafficking. And you had mentioned how you were using uh, these victims, these women that have been in, in the life, as you put it, uh, for a very long time. Uh, and rather than discarding them, you're actually using them for intel, uh, which I think is fascinating. <laughs> and just yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure the insight that you get from, from somebody that's just been there uh, for, for the longest. I mean, um, you can really learn the in and outs of, of how things work, right? Yeah, you can. Um, you know, we're not, if I, if I may take the liberty, we're not really using them mm -hmm. as much as they're agreeing to cooperate with us right. and provide intelligence right. for us right, in regard to where children are being trafficked and those things. So, um, sure. uh, it's, uh, yeah, it is quite fascinating, you know, it's, um, and, and it yields, good profit when i say profit i don't mean in as finances i mean in reference to leading us to where we need to go in order to rescue a kid yeah i, I don't think you can discard them you know uh particularly when they're willing to step up to the plate so what percentage would you say your rescues are in the united states as opposed to overseas somewhere else we have a hundred percent rescue rate right now overseas in the u.s every kid we've gone after mm -hmm. we've brought home I would say that probably 75% of the operations are here in the United States and probably 25% overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we have happen is that oftentimes someone in the United States will marry uh, a foreigner, someone who either has dual citizenship or just single citizenship from another country. Mm -hmm. And um, when that marriage or that relationship goes upside down, they, the person from a foreign country, uh, consistently, if I might add, 
uh, takes the kids and runs mm-hmm. back to their own country. Right. And, um, and then people give us a call and they say, please go get my kids. Um, well, if they're not being trafficked or abused or exploited, we don't, it's not for us to do. Right. Um, or until that other parent in the United States can get a warrant for kidnapping or international parental abduction, uh, we don't get involved. But sure. at the same time, when they do, um, we work with uh, foreign entities to actually bring an American child back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's worked out worked out well for us. You know, after my CIA career and after doing this since 1993, um, I think most people around the globe know me by now. Yeah, yeah. You've been on TV a few times too. Whatever. And been on TV after the blacklist, they really know me. You know, like I, I didn't never put two and two together till I, you know, like you had mentioned it. I'm just like, wow, okay, yeah. I went back and looked at IMDb. I'm like, yep, okay. Now I remember seeing this on TV. I love that show. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, well, that, that yeah. was a cool ride. I liked yeah. it. It's, I had four seasons co-starring on that, and yeah. the first four seasons, and uh, I was really grateful for that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun and. And, and then a lot of people ask me, well, how did you end up there? Well, you know, I was telling you that we all make money to pay our bills. Yeah. Well, 27 years ago, now almost 30, actually, I got into the film industry and that's how I've been paying my bills right. by doing that instead of, you know, CEO or something or director security for yeah. Monsanto or which I wouldn't do to begin with. To be right. honest with you. Right. Yeah, so we all have standards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, go hang out with James Spader instead, right? Why not? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Shoot people with fake bullets. There right, you go. So. Right, right. Yeah, that that Mr. Kaplan character was one of my favorites. <laughs> I love yeah, I love Susan. She's yeah. uh she is a sweetheart. I've seen her I saw her I think most recently in John Wick three, maybe. Yeah. She was a librarian or something. Yeah, she, you're right, yeah. yeah, she's just She's primo. Yeah. I love her to death. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great person uh, and a great actress as well. Definitely. So what, how do you feel about like these documentaries that came out on uh, Jeffrey Epstein and um, you know, all, obviously all the Chris Hansen stuff that he did in the nineties and, and the two thousands with bringing light to um, you know, the, these issues. Do you feel like that the awareness that, these high profile cases or situations have brought to the industry. Do you think that's been helpful for you guys or harmful? Well, I really liked Chris Hansen's approach. I thought it was spectacular uh, when they pulled him off the air. I think that was to catch a predator. right? Yeah. To catch a predator. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the greatest injustice. I personally think that whoever pulled him off the air did it because they were scared or afraid Mm -hmm. uh, of who knows what, maybe they were predators themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was becoming very successful. It was shedding a lot of light on the problem. Right. <laughs> um, the documentaries on Jeffrey Epstein, I think they're very helpful. Um, as long as you don't have a network, which is pro pedophilia, mm-hmm. um, skewing the documentary in a certain way to try to make Epstein look like he was innocent. Right. Um, I can remember 15 years ago bringing Jeffrey Epstein's name uh, up in a meeting among federal agencies, um, and no one knew who he was. You know, we we were getting intel. Mm. Um, we were trying to shed light on it ourselves, and um, it just kind of blew over. Well, now we know why. Right. Because there's so many powerful people, elites that participated in that whole child sex trafficking ring, so to speak, Epstein leading the charge along with a lot of other people yeah. who hopefully we discover who they are, um, that those people um, basically shut it, shut it down and they shut him down. Um, yeah. It was interesting to hear about it being from New York and, and yeah. seeing some of the players that were involved attorney wise, you know, and, and, you know, that, that's the life that I lead really, you know, interacting with, with attorneys, like very powerful attorneys and knowing people within that circle going, really dude, (laughs) like, you know, like that's surprising. 
yeah. and and disturbing. And I I, I found the documentary uh, that uh, I guess it was Netflix recently had put one out, and it, it, I couldn't stop watching it, man. And it was mm-hmm. just like not because of of the like ooh you know I want, it, this is you know crazy stuff it it's more along the lines of wow like this is a web this is really like yeah. a very very interesting web and and in the, the trial that's going on now i mean hopefully it's still on now i know as we're recording it's on who knows right. it's over uh, by the time this airs uh with G- Ghislaine, uh maxwell hopefully that'll shed more light on really what's uh what's going on there um just crazy stuff well, I, I'd like to think that it would, but sadly, and, I, and I'm a, pretty much an optimist, but, and I, I think this is fair to say, sadly, it would not surprise me if she gets off. Mm-hmm. She gets off with a light sentence. People are not going to go down on her watch, so to speak. They're not going to let her expose people um, who, when I say they, I'm talking about the guilty parties. Right. We're in a time now where, in America, especially with our latest generation of people that can't even fight their way wear out of a wet paper bag. Exactly. When I hear them say, we're going to start a revolution, it's like, yeah. seriously, dude, come on, seriously, I've done revolutions before. Yeah. You're still living in your parents' basement. Right. Come on, you know, the biggest thing you get to do is burn down buildings right. with BLM or Antifa or whatever, and you think that's a revolution? Yeah. So I, I kind of laugh at that. And yes, I am mocking them. Right. And, you know, I'm, you know, you know enough about me that yeah. I just spit it out. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Send me to Afghanistan? I've been there, you know? So anyway, uh, but we live in a time where people think that because they know something or they're exposed to something like trafficking or like Epstein, that something's being done about it. Common sense will tell us if we just look at this administration, if we look at past administrations, you know, way back, all the way back, you know, um, in America that, um, there is little accountability, yeah. very little accountability. So we're at a time where for all those people that think something's being done about it, 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 it's not, or it may not happen. So Jeffrey Epstein didn't see justice. Now we can say he suicided himself or whatever you want to say, but justice wasn't served yeah. because the names of the people that he serviced weren't exposed. Yeah. So our judicial system has those players um, in it as well so that someone can pick up the phone and go, Hey, you're not going to sentence this person or that person's going to get off or whatever it may be. We see this constantly when we have cases where a predator may take advantage of a four year old girl in a garage. And this happened in Connecticut and a judge gave him 30 days for raping a four-year-old only to find out later that the judge potentially was a predator. And if you compound that with the LGBTQIXZ, whoever they are now agenda to take away um, reporting, you know, um, or you look at other organizations that um, want to, uh, want pedophilia to be legalized, saying it's a gender thing, then we know why they're doing that because all of those people that are power players, if if pedophilia becomes okay, and trust me, it can get there, then what happens is they don't go to prison. If you can say pedophilia is just a mental disorder, then they're going to go to their doctor and get meds for it, but they're never going to go to prison for what they've done to a kid. Yeah. And let me make this really clear. How do you murder a child without killing them? You sexually exploit them and they die every single day for the rest of their life. Yeah. Very high rate of suicide among those who have been trafficked, um, higher than a lot of things in the United States when it comes to that event happening in, in humanity. Yeah. So, um, I personally, uh, we have a legislative agenda. I personally think this way after being involved in this. You sexually exploit a child, you deserve the death penalty. That's it. End yeah. of story. Yeah. Every predator that I have interviewed behind bars 
and said, what is the one thing that would have caused you to, would have deterred you from molesting that little child? Every single one of them has said, well, if I thought I was going to get the death penalty, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I'm going to get 20. I'll be out in seven, you know, and this is the problem. The penalty for this crime isn't stiff enough. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. I mean, I I can, uh, I can see how, how they would think that way. And it's really, really disturbing. I, yeah. I remember probably, I don't know, I want to say maybe five or six years ago, I got a phone call from an attorney who wanted me to um, do a photo inspection uh, for them. And I showed up at this building on 57th Street, I think. And um, I, I really didn't even understand what was going on, why he needed me there till I got there. And he had indicated that this particular apartment uh, was a um, was a dungeon. Uh, like a sex dungeon and someone had been held there uh, for a long time and they were able to escape. And uh, I guess they were, um, there was a suit against the building because I guess they knew what was going on or, or whatever. And uh, man, I went up to this penthouse there and it was just like the views of Central Park. I mean, just beautiful, amazing. And you, and I, all I'm thinking as I'm walking through this place and I'm I'm taking pictures and doing whatever was, wow, somebody was trapped here for a long time. Like that is just a nightmare. <laughs> you know, like, like just feeling for that particular person, what they must've gone through. Yeah. It's beautiful views or whatever, but here's somebody who's, you know, they're, they're not in control and they have no say in whether or not they're going to actually live, you know, it's, is, uh, yeah. really, uh, really scary. Yeah. It only takes looking into the eyes of one young child where it's like void of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the weirdest thing in the world. It's, I mean, it's, it's just weird. You look and there's no life inside of them. Right. Um, and you realize that someone has taken something away from them mm-hmm. that can never be replaced. It was most precious and, um, and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and remember children can't defend themselves most of the time. Sure. And so if we look at like, you're talking about Matthew, if we look at all the basements in America, Look at all the warehouses, all the dungeons that may exist. Maybe that's our answer to where all those kids are being held. Because trust me, they are being held there. They're being tortured. They're being exploited sexually. And then most of the time, um, they're probably killed and buried. One day when this happens, I want you to remember this segment of this show. One day, I promise you. Someone's going to stumble on a mass grave of little bodies, bones of children that have, they, I don't know where it will be. And then finally we'll realize, we'll go, wow, look at this. Somebody has literally been just dumping bodies. here. Right. It'll be hundreds, if yeah. not thousands of bodies from the child sex exploitation, trafficking, pornography institution, so to speak. Right. And everything. And I say institution because I honestly have come to grips with the fact that this business is institutionalized now. Yeah. You know, I believe there's a lot of evil players and they've got this mechanism down tight, um, whether they're transporting kids on trucks, trains, planes, whatever it may be. They're going from one part of the United States to the other. Yeah. Sometimes they're going outside the country, but it's happening right underneath our noses. Right. Um, Laura well, Logan. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Matt. No, Please. I'm saying which is why we want to bring light to all this. And, yeah. you know, obviously you got to fight the fight here. Um, so I'm sorry, you were saying Logan? Uh, Laura Logan yeah. is on our staff, and she's an amazing journalist. You've probably seen her many times. And Laura had an opportunity to talk to the cartel. She asked them about most of the... Um, unaccompanied minors that were coming across. Mm-hmm. And this is what she shared with uh, our board and, and myself. She said that the cartel said, take a look at the kids that come across. Let's say they're 17 and they come across and they go to foster care. They age out at 18, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're on the streets and they're in America. They don't have an education, so they're not going to get a job. They can't get to school, whatever it may be. So what's going to happen to them? And the cartel said, these are the ones that will push our drugs for us. 
Mm. And these are the ones that will be into sex trafficking for us. Child sex trafficking and pornography is so lucrative that a lot of people that were involved in drugs are now doing this. So children have become a commodity. And the sad part in America about it is if you and I were having this discussion to an audience of a thousand people, let's say, and an auditorium, probably 50% of them could care less. Yeah. They, they're just like, it's not on my watch. I don't care. It doesn't happen to me. I don't have kids, you know. Until it does. Until it does. Until it does. Your work falls apart. Um, yeah. So I, I want to make a turn here just real quick, Boss. Yeah, so ahead. I want to talk about um, being an investigator or, or being in this industry and getting a phone call from somebody uh, who is missing a, a, a child or or believes that there's there's some sort of trafficking type thing going on. Um, how would you suggest they, they handle that? Because it's not a call we would get every day. Um, what would be the first thing we should do and, and how would we go about pointing this case in the right direction? Yeah, well, the first thing is you need to ask for hard evidence. So the very first thing I have uh, someone do if they call us on a case, I tell them, I, I say, look, I need hard evidence. Is this something you heard? Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Do you have evidence? Do you have photographs? Do you have names, places, addresses, and all this? And then I tell them if they say, yes, I do, I go, okay, write your story down for us, okay? And send us your story. Let us read it first. And then we'll get back with you because, you know, emotions skyrocket. And so um, people have a tendency, not in every case, but they'll embellish or they want something to be real or, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll make something up so that they can get people involved in it and things like that. But what the investigator needs to do is make sure you've got the whole story down before you commit to it. Now, unlike ourselves, most of my friends are investigators had to be paid for their services. And I would tell you to make sure that you get paid for your services because what it's going to require once you get into the investigative aspects of this is to be doing a lot of homework. Mm. Let me ask you this, you know, how many times do you think you can go down into a Bloods and Crip neighborhood or MS-13? (laughs) The way I look, not too many. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So as an investigator... If you're not really skilled in tradecraft, right. disguise, right. dead drops, covcom, covert communications, um, it's not something you should take lightly because right. you can get yourself killed. Yeah. Um, the gangs are really involved now. The cartel is very involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's just looking for a missing kid um, and you come up with a phone number, you know, give us a call. We right. can locate that technology, you know, or an investigator may have access to that technology. One great resource for investigators and uh, is a, a company called Sovereign Intel. Mm-hmm. Mark Johnson runs that. Let me tell you what, it'll cut your workload in half if you have to go find someone. They have technologies and ways of helping you as an investigator fi- actually find someone without having to give us a call, right. you know, as well. But um, most of the... Uh, cases that we get um some of those cases we'll turn over to investigators Mm. um, who are friends of ours to do uh some pretty hefty legwork to be honest with you because we're we're juggling so many other cases right um but that's what you need to find out first just find out if if everything that's being said is true don't get excited and jump the gun because you might find out that that 14 year old is now 22 year old Okay. Or you might find out that the reason that 16 year old left is because the mom's a drug addict and an alcoholic. And so the kid went because the kid needed to go. Right. You know, so that's, that would be my advice to most investigators and be very, very thorough. Don't need to tell investigators this. Make sure you have everything logged in, filed and written down Mm -hmm. um, and mitigate your liability by not going down too many rabbit holes, okay? Um, don't take everybody's word for it. Right. You know, when it comes to that. So um, let's talk about this training opportunity that you have too, right? So you you do have a, a training course that's coming up. Tell me a little bit about that. We do. We, uh, we've uh, been running what we call equipping courses. Um, 
It's not an awareness course. It's not trafficking awareness. It's actually equipping where we teach people how to start an NGO, actually how to run operations. We teach some trade craft uh, so they can actually go out and actually rescue a kid. Um, we've, we're swamped constantly. Um, we've had two years of courses so far. And by the time you finish that, you're pretty much ready to go and do what we do, so to speak. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, our next course is actually in um, April, I believe, in Phoenix. But if you go to www.recoveryofchildren.org, that's our website. It'll tell you where the courses are and everything. So um, we have a really good relationship. We had one with the White House, with the Trump White House, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, our good friend, Kevin Malone, who was on his anti-human trafficking staff, so to speak, um, has pretty much rated this course as one of the best in America. Right. So the FBI sends people, DEA sends people, um, NGOs show up, you know, a lot of people show up to learn from us. Um, I'd say we've been in the trenches since the 93. And um, I'm very proud of the NGOs that are out there doing a great job. Um, so, but we're in the ground game so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth mentioning also, Matthew, at this stage, um, the course, by the way, is uh, um, it's 650 for six days. That's it. And what you learn there in six days and practical application as well uh, would probably take you about 20 years to get down wow. uh, hitting this. Wow. So we realized that we needed to have more strategic partners. So we created an equipping course um, for that one, one reason. And number two, mainly because of this, there's a lot of NGOs out there that are in the anti-trafficking business, and that's exactly what they do. It's a business model for them. They pay great salaries to their staff. They don't rescue any kids. They don't do what they're saying they're doing, supposed to be doing. And so they've t- turned this into a business model. I'd say close to 60% of the NGOs out there that's what they're doing right mm-hmm. now. For the layperson, uh, can you uh, can you tell me what NGO means? Non-government organization. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. It's all right. I just want to make sure everyone yeah. <laughs> realizes. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's, so we started seeing we started seeing that. Yeah, and we started saying, okay, we're going to teach you how to be on the ground, what ground truth really is, how to save a kid, so that you can see with more than your eyes and hear with more than your ears, so that when you donate. To somebody out there, you know what questions to ask so you don't get ripped off. Because I'll tell you what, in this arena, there's a lot of people that are getting ripped off. They're sending their money to a lot of NGOs, yeah. non-government organizations or nonprofits that aren't doing it. And now we know this because we have to mitigate that same liability that I was telling you about. Yep. So we vet everybody that we can get our hands on. In the United States. And trust me, as a former CIA officer, you can bet your bottom dollar. I can almost tell you what color socks people wear. So when it comes to an organization, people call us up a lot of times and say, hey, what do you know about this group? And guess what? We do our research and we find out what, you know, what's really going on. Right. So No, that's good. I think you have to. And, um, yeah. you know, I, it, it's terrible that that these business people would play on these, this awful situation that's happening to people. But, um, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, you, you were victim to a predator. Here's another predator, <laughs> just a different kind of predator. Right. Matthew, absolutely. Matthew, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So oh, it's terrible. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's awesome what you guys do. And I, I would assume that that vetting process is something that you really, really have to do. And I, I think something that's also important too is is knowing the right methodology for asking questions, right? What is your client's expectations? You know, they, they, they believe something or they may watch TV or, you know, maybe they watch an episode of The Blacklist and they're like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen now, right? right. Like, like really walking somebody through the process of, of how it works in real life. I think it's important too, <laughs> you know, like, it, yeah, it is. We, we don't make any promises. Yeah. Uh, we never have. Uh, I do tell people they get to watch the hand of God yeah. and work and play. Um, but we, we try never to promise um, because, you know, the, the 
really bad thing that can happen is if you, you know, promise a parent that has a child missing, um, that you're going to bring their child home. And what if that child, you find that child and that child's dead, Yeah. you know, or what if they've been shipped to, I don't know, some foreign country where you, you're going to need like $2.5 million to put an army together to go get that kid back. And you realize you don't have the money, right. you know, and you've already promised then, um, that's not a good thing to do. So we just tell people we're going to do the very best we can. Um, if you want to know how, you know, our, a little bit of our track record, then speak to these parents, other parents that we've brought their children back for whatever it may be. But um, right. yeah, under promise and over delivery is a good thing. <laughs> that is definitely a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wind down here, Abaz. This was really, really awesome. I totally appreciate it appreciate you coming on and talking about all this stuff. Um, so the, uh, association, uh, for, for recovering children, right? That's the name of association for the recovery of children, right? recovery of children. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And how do folks get a hold of you? Uh, if they wanted to talk to you about a case or, um, you sure. just had some questions about uh, doing this type of work. Yeah. They can contact us at info at recovery of children.com. Uh, they can go to our website, uh, which is www.recoveryofchildren.org. Um, and it'll, it'll drive everything mm. towards us. If they have a case they want to talk about or whatever it may be, you know, we're open to looking at everything that has to do with traffic or missing, exploited or trafficked children as well. Right. Um, you know, and finding those and getting them back to their level. So this is, this is pretty much the only thing we do. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. And, um, I appreciate you, you doing that. And it really is, you know, you know, the work of God, uh, doing this stuff. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's commendable for, uh, for what you do. So thank you, Matthew. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and, um, you know, checking this out and, um, we will catch everybody next week on the next show. Take care. Wow. What a provocative episode. Boz and his team do some amazing things to help missing and exploited children. So please visit his website to learn more. Info's in the show notes. We'd also like to kick off the year by thanking Cross Tracks, J.T. Palmer and Associates, Scope Now, Satellite Investigations, and PI Institute of Education for sponsoring this show. So please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Time's running out to save 25% off membership. Code HOLIDAY21 has been extended until January 6th, so don't delay. You can save $50 when you join And did you know that Alex Skip Guru Price held an exclusive training event recently for Investigators Toolbox members? The subject was Skip Tracing and License Plate Recognition Software. If you're a Toolbox member, be sure to access this exclusive content. And if you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a new show. So make sure you tune in. And please, stay safe out there.